So <clears throat> we're on the kingdom of God. And uh, I, I'm not getting off talking and preaching and declaring God's kingdom in the earth. When Jesus was here, it's all he talked about. 75 to 80% of every message he preached had to do with the kingdom of God. And we've, been, we've talked about and continue to talk about the fact that the kingdom of God, when you boil it all down, actually my, the first part of my definition for it is it's the realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled. But the Texas version is God's way of thinking and doing. The realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled, God's way of thinking and doing. <clears throat> God's way of thinking and doing and us being able to focus in on how God thinks and how God operates. I want to know, at the end of the day, I want to know how God thinks. I want to know how He operates because I want to be a part of what He's doing in the earth. Can you say amen to that? I want to be a part of that. <clears throat> So we've been, our foundational passage has been out of Luke chapter 12, and uh, I, I love Luke's interpretation of what Jesus said about seeking the kingdom. But today we're going to look, we've, we've gone over to uh, Matthew's account of it at different times, but I want to I look a, a little deeper into Matthew's account. I want to back up actually to verse 22, and I want to I look at a few things, and I want you to really pay attention to this today, because I believe there's so many things that are important in the earth, we think, but yet there's one thing that's most important. There's a lot of things that appear to be important, but there's one thing, one thing that's most important. And this principle, <clears throat> Fabian mentioned it earlier, the, the, the principle of the kingdom, the, the first principle, you know, of the kingdom of God is, it has to do with sowing seed into God's kingdom because of what God's kingdom produces, and God wants us to understand it. But it's not just in finances that we seek that kingdom, it's in every way. It's how, remember it, God's kingdom is His way of thinking and doing. I don't believe there's a better definition that you can carry around with you on a daily basis reminding yourself, I want to think like God and I want to do as God wants me to do. The kingdom of God is God's way of thinking and doing and operating in the earth. So, in um, Matthew chapter 6, like I said, starting in verse 22. Jesus says, the, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And, and he's not talking about your natural eye not being able to see. He's talking about the eye is the gate to your body, to your life, to your mind, to everything about you, what you see. And I want you to notice, I'm going to read this again. The lamp of the body is the eye, and therefore, 
your, if your eye is good, your whole body will be good. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So, what I want to say is this. What determines the level of darkness in a person? I'm talking about somebody born again today. I'm talking about born-again people. Well, Pastor, how, how could darkness be in us uh, if we're born again? Because we have a soul. We have a mind, will, and emotions. And I believe what Jesus was saying here is what has gone in these eyes and what is going in these eyes, at what, what, what daily, on a daily basis, enters in through our eye gates. I believe he's asking that. And, and, and actually what is continuing. Because if my eyes are meditating, if my eyes are, are allowing in things that have to do with how God thinks and does then what it's going to do is, whatever darkness, everybody's got darkness in your soul. And he said, he said here, what is the level of darkness in this? How deep is the darkness, one translation says. Well, the way that you find out how much darkness there is, is how much light you're allowing in. And the Bible says that the Word of God is the light of God. And God wants His Word to enlighten our souls and reveal to us what's in us. But to do that, we've got to spend time in this. We've got to spend time allowing the light of His Word to change the way we think so that we can think like Him and then operate like Him. Because when you start thinking like God and then your actions line up with what God wants and the way He wants something done, man, then it's a win-win. But there's a process here. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So he's saying here, you can only have one master. <clears throat> only one master. Prosperity is great. Like what, what Fabian was talking about earlier. We teach about it all the time. Prosperity is great. Being a tither and a seed sower on purpose because you want to be is a great thing. And it produces great things in, in people's lives. But prosperity is a bad master. Riches are a bad master. God wants to be master so you can have riches and enjoy them. No stress, no pressure. You know, I mean, you have to do things for that. And many times what we do isn't, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's simple, you know what to do and how to accomplish it, but the tasks are not easy. Things that we have to do. But when we're doing it for God, when we're doing it God's way and we're thinking the way God thinks, it produces in our life without stress. 
and without pressure. That's what the, the Luke 12 passage said. That's what God wants for us. So <clears throat> we're going to go through today in the rest of this passage, and, and I want to I look at some things because when you read stories in the Bible, you've got to make those stories relate to present day. It's not any good if you leave here thinking, okay, he talked about a bunch of flowers and okay, whatever that is, you know. I mean, it, it's got it's to be something that is present day, how it relates to you and I today. Can you say amen to that? So, so we're going to just take time and not rush through this because I want you to get this. So <clears throat> when he said that no one can serve two masters, for either he, he, you, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. He said, you can't serve God and mammon or possessions or things in the world. Um, you must be serving and be consumed with the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and listen to this, and remember this, and I'll touch on this two or three times in the rest of this message. The only way that the kingdom can operate in you is by faith. God's kingdom cannot operate in you any other way but by faith in Him. So it has to be developed. We have to understand what that looks like. So he says in, in, um, in verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, which you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Question mark. I'm going to read it again. He said, he said, do not worry about your life. Don't be fretful about your, your day-to-day life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on your body, how you're going to pay your bills. You can add whatever because he's talking about life. We got to relate that to our day today. Just think for a moment the things right now that you could worry about and fret over. He's saying, don't. He didn't say, if you get up on the right side of the bed, don't worry. He didn't say, if everything was lining up good, then don't worry. No, he said, don't worry. He said, don't worry. Again, he said, don't worry. Amen? Then in verses um, 26 through 30, he talks about birds and he talks about flowers. And when he's talking about the birds, uh, he said, he said, look at the birds. He said, look at them. Focus on them. Have you ever seen... I've never seen a bird. I mean, I've seen a bird shot out of a tree and he's laying dead on the ground. I've seen um, birds every day on our back porch, uh, on our deck. We've got a hummingbird feeder there, and we watch those hummingbirds all the time. We're always looking for them. You know, and they fight over the water. I mean, there's three holes there they could share, you know. I mean, what's the deal, man? They're fighting over it all the time, constantly, you know. Zoom, 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 zoom. And then, then they'll, one will sit on a branch on the tree. We've got an oak tree that's coming out of our, um, out of our deck. 
and, and one of them will sit on the tree while the other's drinking, and, 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 and you can tell that one's watching that. I mean, they're going back and forth. He said, look at them, watch them. Watch them. They're not starving. They're, 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 I mean, they're, they're competitive, but they're not stressed. Huh? They're, they're not, you know, walking around and asking for somebody to help them give them something to eat or whatever. You know, I mean, I mean they're, they're finding food everywhere. He said, look at the birds. Look at it. And then, and then he said this. Instead of reading all, all of that, I, I just want to kind of just paraphrase and, and, and focus on this for a moment. But this, this is what he said. He said, are you not of more value than they are? He asked the question, are you not more valuable than the birds? That's a question you have to ask yourself. And that's a question you have to be able to answer yourself. Man, the birds are taken care of. Am I not worth more than a bird? You were created in his image. You have to understand that you were created in the image of God. Are you not worth more to God than the birds are? That's why he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, how you're going to pay your bills, how this is going to work out. What about the future? What if I lose my job? What? He said, don't worry. So the next time you hear some birds chirping, stop and watch them. Most of them are at peace. Most of them are really enjoying the mornings. Somebody gets up on the wrong side of the bed and they come out and they're mad and they hate life and they don't want to even deal with it. And the birds are just sitting on the tree just watching them, eating their worms or whatever they got that God provided for them. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's the one that provided for them. Are you not worth more than the birds? I'm telling you, you are. I'm telling you, you are. Then, <clears throat> he, said, he said, consider or look at the flowers. Man, there's a lot of flowers around here, huh? especially at certain times of the year. Gorgeous flowers. He said, consider the, 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 the flowers. He said, God so clothes the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And that, oh, you of little faith, was not a word of encouragement. Right? So what he's saying is, if I don't think that I'm worth more than the birds, and if I'm looking at the flowers and how God's clothed them and taken care of them, and I'm stressing out over where my next outfit's going to come from, or whatever it is, then I'm not trusting him because the kingdom operates by faith. And he said, oh, you have little faith. Well, I mean, you know, you can have little developed faith in a certain area, but nobody has a little bit of faith and the next guy has a bunch of faith. Everybody's dealt the same measure of faith. Hmm? Now, God would be popular with that today if people understood that because everybody's on, on the equal keel, Right? Everybody's equal. But it matters what you do with your faith, whether you develop that or not. If you stay stressed out about all the natural things in life, 
Then he's calling you, oh, you have little faith because you're not developing that. You're not taking his command. And when you have opportunity to stress, choosing not to. Wow, pastor, is it that easy? That's what he said. That's what I found out. I don't do it perfectly every single time, but what I found out, the more I do it, the easier it gets when I make the choice not to do that. So, verse uh, 31, he said this, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles seek after all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. You see where he's going with this? You see what he's expecting from us? The things that we think are most important to take care of, he says, I already got all that covered. The things that we think uh, we'll get to when we have time, he says are the most important, I mean, or people at times. I mean, just human nature is that way. I've been born again for 44 years, and when I first got saved, you know, I had a hunger for God, and it was all stirred up, and, you know, and then, and then it's like, okay, yeah, but I've got the day-to-day life that I've got to take care of, and all these things, and all these responsibilities, and I've got to make sure all this is working right, and, I, I, you know, and then early on at 20 years old, I got married, and then, you know, I've, I've, I've got to be a good husband to my wife, and then kids started coming, I've got to be a good father to my children, I've got to take care of all this kind of stuff, and for the most part, I never forgot the kingdom, but he said, do that first. He didn't say don't do the other. He didn't say don't be a good husband, good father. He didn't say don't take on the responsibilities, but let him show you how to prioritize and determine what's important and what's not, and how not to worry about any of it any of it, not any of it, no matter where you're at today, no matter what circumstance or situation that you're facing today, it may be in the financial realm, it may be in the physical realm, it may be in some other realm, maybe where a job is concerned, it may be family issues or whatever, he said, if you'll seek my kingdom first, I already know you have need of all those things, and I've already got the answers, but if you don't seek me, you're not going to get the answers from me how to deal with the rest of it. Then we deal with the rest of it, and we're all stressed out. And then who are you good for when you're stressed out? You're not good for yourself. You're not good for your spouse. You're not good for your children. You're not good for your family. As a pastor, if I'm that way, I'm not good for my church body. You're not good on the job. You're not good with anybody because you're constantly stressed because your, your wheels are turning and constantly moving in how to figure life out when he's already got it all figured out, but you've got to seek him first. And that's what he says in the next verse. He said, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things, but 
Seek first the kingdom of God, which is what? The way God thinks and the way God does. And all these things, <laughs> seek the kingdom first and His righteousness, the right way to do it. And all these things that we just got through talking about and anything you can add in there that has to do with life, all these things will be added to you if you seek the kingdom first. So, someone says, okay, so how do you seek the kingdom? I'm glad you asked. Because in the next few weeks, that's what we're going to talk about is a number of ways to seek the kingdom. Today, I'm just going to talk about one thing for the rest of this message in seeking the kingdom and what it looks like, but I'm going to say a few things leading up to what that how-to is. Um, <clears throat> I want you to think about this. Really pay attention to this statement that I'm going to make right now. I want you to think about this. How many people around you day to day, week to week, do not believe this? Just think about it for a minute. People that you're around every day, people that you come in contact with every day, do not believe because they're not taught that when you seek the kingdom first, everything else in your life will be added to stress-free. So I'm going to say it again. How many people day-to-day -day are you around that don't believe this? Well, I'll answer that for you. A good majority of the people that you're around day-to-day -day don't believe this. Okay? Now listen to me when I say this. We're not thinking about people, and we're not against people, and we're not, they're bad people. No, 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 I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about a way of thinking, okay? Do not uproot, or because these people are affecting you, don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But here's the deal. There is an assignment from the enemy, day to day, to suck you in to their way of thinking because some of their ways of thinking are your ways of thinking that are being worked out. <laughs> You're working on it. You're developing it on a day-to-day -day basis. But their ways of thinking are to put everything else first and, you know, I don't, you know, that going to church stuff, I don't know how you do that or how do you figure all that stuff out. And, man, you, know, you get people all the time saying, man you, man, you go to church too much. Or, I mean, people used to tell my wife and I that all the time. How many times do you go to church on a weekly basis? I mean, one time in the, we lived in the valley. <laughs> we think we, we went to, what, six services a week? Something like that? Huh? Yeah, five or six, I don't know what it was. We didn't think about it. We just, man, we were hungry for God and the things of the Word. We just, you go, you go to church how many times? It's not about how many times you go. Why are you going? What are you getting out of that? Did you hear what I said? I'm telling you right now, there's an assignment of the enemy 
to keep you from thinking like God. We're, we're not around here, and we've, we have a great track record of that. We're not here for you to think like me. We're here bringing the Word of God in many different ways and many different voices, the Word of God going forth so that you'll think like Him. That's what we do. So, no kingdom has ever lasted on this earth forever. There's been some long kingdoms. No kingdom has lasted forever. In this country, no administration lasts forever. Right? I mean, you have different personalities and different people, the different ministrations. They don't last forever. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes... People think that this life is all there is. Some, some people, even people that are born again, they know that there's heaven, but they're living on this earth like this is all there is. And so much of their pressure, so much of the pressure and so much of the, the, the work and the investment that goes into day to day is about making everything right here. We're just here short time. And what matters in this short time that we're here is what are we investing in and what are we being used to make a difference in and with. If I'm seeking the kingdom and I'm thinking like God, what's God going to reveal to me? God's main number one purpose and, and, and focus on this earth is not you having your needs met. He's already met your needs. His main focus is just people in general. He just loves people. So what we do on this earth now will determine the rewards and how things look like on the other side. And what he's looking for is, who's advancing my kingdom? Who's furthering my kingdom in love and in faith? Who's helping people to understand how he thinks and he operates? It's more than just seeing someone born again for the first time. Thank God for that. That's the beginning of it. But there's so much more to it in this life that it just seems like I keep gaining and gaining understanding. The more I understand, the more I realize I don't understand. How much in this life, why did he do that? Why don't we just get saved and fly out of here? You, you know what I'm saying? Ah, but I'm beginning to get it more and more all the time. The more I live by faith, and advance his kingdom, the more I love him. <laughs> the more I'm amazed at how much he can love me. <laughs> I mean, there's days it just takes me back. How? The song we sang, his mercy and his grace. But for the mercy and the grace of God, who are any of us? 
But because of the grace, we're everything that He says we are. When I was saying that about prosperity, how many want to prosper in here? I mean, on, don't, don't, raise your hand. I mean, if you're not raising your hand, something wrong with you. Why would you not want to advance and prosper? It just can't be our main focus. And we have to learn how to process that whole thing. And the how-to for God's kingdom today that I'm finishing this message with, it's the how-to of commitment. Commitment to the kingdom. And I want to read this passage to you out of Luke chapter 14. The thing about commitment is when you commit to things in your life, a lot of times we want to commit to big things, but it's actually the commitment to little things that give us an overall perspective of the big things. When you negate the little things and you're not faithful in the little, Scripture says, and I think it's Luke 10, when you're not faithful in little, it's saying in there, you won't be faithful with much. And when we're faithful with little things, my perspective, my focus begins to be on what the real big picture is. And what God wants your big picture to be is His big picture for you. That's kingdom thinking. It's a kingdom mentality. He wants you to think like the kingdom, not like your, not stuff that just relates to you. Remember, every day, you're around people every single day with agendas from the natural world. Listen, and the Bible says that the devil is the god of the system, the system's way of thinking. So you can be born again and being, being led by system thinking that is controlled by the devil. Now, don't misunderstand that. Don't make more out of that than there is. It's not you, demon-possessed or whatever. It's just that thinking out there has got to be changed. But every day, you're around people with an assignment. They don't, they're not looking at you like they're trying to suck you in or whatever. Some of them may be manipulating or whatever. But people all the time have this assignment to suck you in and get you to not think like God wants you to think. So... How are you going to change the way you think? Well, I want to read this passage to you and make it, and, and I want to show you three points in this passage. Luke chapter 14, starting with verse 15. Now, when one of these who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God right now with you and I? Where is the kingdom of God? Where does the Bible say? Where does the Bible say the kingdom of God is in relation to us here on earth? It's in us. Okay? How am I going to eat bread in the kingdom if I'm thinking the kingdom of God is in heaven? Kingdom of God's in heaven? Kingdom of God's everywhere. 
But the Bible said the kingdom of God for me is in me. How am I going to come to the table and eat bread? You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. You come to the table to hear the word preached so that the Holy Spirit can take the word you hear preached and reveal it to you. Now, don't get overly excited or whatever about this whole passage because this has been read and preached many times and I feel like some of the ways that I've heard it in the past, I don't see it like that. But, but just hear me out as I read this. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and am going to test them. I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that, my, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. The master is God. In the Old Testament, God's place of residency was the house. New Testament, the Bible says the house is the church, and it says the church is his body. He said, so that my house would be filled. Is it saying here that God wants every building filled up in the city with people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because if you have something to give them, they need to get it because there's people out there working overtime to get them to submit to the excuses to not get the word so that the Holy Spirit can reveal truth, so that their thinking and their mind will change, and they'll become and find themselves thinking like God, operating like God, and doing as God would do. And to do that, to do that, you have to believe in the church. I, I, I'm just, this is just my, just, just, just one of many different examples, and, and I'm just going to kind of throw all of them together with this. But through the years, I've had people say to me many, many, many times that we're the church. We don't need the church. We're the church. And the Bible says we are the church. Say that out of your mouth. Put your hand on yourself and say, I'm the church. Yeah. You are the church, the body of Jesus Christ, except... There's not a one of us that are Him. 
in the form of manifestation. It takes all of us together to make up what He did. No one person is going to be another Jesus incarnate on the earth. But we together make that up. How do you do that? By all over this city, this county, this state, this nation, and around the world, people gather together. Hear the word preached because he said that's the way you do it. And what happens is, what happens is, I feel like what upsets people or makes people mad at that is that it almost seems like that in preaching this and telling you this, that I'm telling you, you have to do that. You don't have to do anything. If I don't see you around here for a while, and you've been coming here for a while, you know, I'll have somebody call you, or if I, if I see you out somewhere or whatever, I mean, I, I want to know where you're at, but we're not chasing you down. We want you to be a part, but that's your choice. We want you to come here because you believe that what you're getting is doing something that's renewing your mind so you're thinking like God. So now you've got your assignment about advancing the kingdom. I'll say it again. You have your assignment about concerning advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. So whatever jobs you have, businesses you own, I don't care what it is that you have, but for the grace of God, you'd have none of it. But because of the grace of God, you have it. And what God wants you to do is make sure that that thing doesn't have you. He wants you to be recipient of that and take the responsibilities for it. But He doesn't want it to control you. He wants to control you. Seek first the kingdom and all this stuff will be added with no stress. Woo! Someone shout, Amen, somebody! But... But, but, it takes commitment to stay with it and develop it until you think like Him. Without the commitment to the Word, without the commitment to coming to church, to hearing teaching, to hear a Word that is changing the way you're thinking, I promise you, if you spend more time with people out there that think contrary to what's preached here, they're going to get the best of you. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it works. I, I'm sorry, and that, like I said, I'm not telling you you have to come here. I'm not telling you you have to do anything. I'm telling you and showing you this is the plan for greatness in your life. And to be a person, there's no fulfillment anywhere on planet Earth than fulfilling the commission that God has given you, fulfilling the assignment that God had planned for you before the foundation of the world. There's no greater fulfillment in all the world than that and that alone. Can you say amen to that? So, to end this today in understanding what commitment really is. You realize how much time all of us have? You say, man, Pastor, I have no time. Oh, no, no, you got time. You got time. So what has to happen in learning to prioritize, you've got to decide from God about your time. 
If you work a job from nine to five, you're pretty much connected to that. But the hours before you go to work at nine and the hours after you get off and the days off that you're off, that's your time. Yeah, but you know, I got to do this, that, well, okay. So what I'm saying is, what God will show you about his kingdom is begin to, as you begin to pray in the spirit, he'll begin to show you how to prioritize your time. And when you prioritize time, there's days, I know throughout the years in my own personal life, there are things that I used to do and was consumed with. I don't do any of it today. But I don't do any of it today because I made the choice for the change. Not somebody holding something over me and telling me I can't do this or that or whatever. No, as I sought the kingdom first, he began to change my priorities in certain areas of my life. And the more, and I, and I do that all the time. I will never stop prioritizing my time. I'm not talking about spending, you know, half the week trying to prioritize. I'm talking about prioritize, get it set up, flow with it. God wants you to change something else, he'll show you. But when you become accustomed to do thing, doing things God's way, I'm telling you, it'll change some of the things that you do. And you can't be afraid of it. You have to do it by faith and trust God because the kingdom will not operate outside of faith. Not, and don't try to measure what you do with someone else. That is the worst thing you can do. You can glean from people, but don't judge how someone else does something, how God's dealing with you. You understand? And you know, one of the good things about our connect groups is that here with our connect groups, what we do with those is develop relationships with people of the same precious faith. Because, like I said, out there, you've got people with assignments that they don't even know that they have most of the time trying to lure you away from thinking like God because of the way they think. Well, when you come in here and people are part of connect groups where they're a part of the church and the church life and they're growing in the, in the revelation of God, then you can talk to people about stuff. You can have, there's camaraderie and, and connection. Someone may tell you something. It may encourage you, but, that, but don't be led by what someone else says. You've got, you can glean from what other people do, but let the Holy Spirit lead you. And the more he leads you and shows you, Man, the more you start thinking like him. And I mean, as what Fabian was talking about earlier today about prosperity, there's no prosperity on planet earth anywhere than living and operating in the will of God. There's no prosperity like that. And, it, and I'm telling you, when you sow seed and you pay tithes and you honor God in that because on purpose because you believe in it, it will produce as long as the rest of your thinking is lining up in the same way. Did you hear what I said? That's where things get stopped. No commitment. Don't think, I, you know, I, got, I had the word for a couple of years, but now, now you know, I, I've got it done. Yeah, yeah, I know about all that word stuff. I used to do that all the time. No, it's not the word you did. It's the word that's coming into you today. Remember, it's eyes. What have, I, what have I seen in the past and what am I seeing today? What's coming in? Is it this or is it all the other information in the world? You put this first, you seek his kingdom first, and everything else will be added to you. Woo! Come on, shout amen, somebody. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God.